Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Catherine Marino and Gail Zalitsky. Hello, I'm Gail. And hello, I'm Catherine. We are the active voice of Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and we're delighted to welcome you to today's episode. Each week, we showcase vital women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who continue to shatter the myths that we become invisible as we age. The 30-minute conversation with our guest focuses on several themes that we've agreed upon in advance. And we are so happy to bring to Women Over 70 today Lynn Williams, who is 72 years old and calls herself a personal space visionary. She grew up in Elgin, Illinois, a small town near Chicago. Her mother and sister and she often made their way to theaters, museums, Grand Park, and so many other wonders in the big city via the Greyhound bus or sometimes pulling into Union Station on the Northwestern train. As a young adult, reading like a maniac, she discovered the world of new age and feng shui and the law of attraction while getting a master's degree in early childhood education at the University of Iowa. She got to sample Navy bases around the country while her husband was in the Navy and discovered that moving 25 times would be so much fun for her, creating and then recreating the places they called home. Lynn likes living in the fourth quarter of her life and sees so many possibilities for joy. Once upon a time, Lynn worked for Athena's Home Novelties, where she learned about adult pleasure toys and sexuality. Today, she works with women whose homes she believes should reflect a juicy, potent life. Lynn, welcome to Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined. Well, thank you. I'm absolutely delighted to be with my tribe today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. You've done so many different things in your life. It's hard to even know where to begin. So I thought maybe we could start by discussing how you found joy when many people would find it just awful, how you found joy in moving 25 times. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Um, well, even as a child, we moved several times uh, as I was growing up. And even when I was um, just a two-year-old, we'd moved. And I think I moved seven or eight times before I left home at 19. So it was always kind of fun. My mother made it that way. She's, she would always have a sense of adventure about her, no matter what we were doing. And I think that set the tone for the rest of my life. And she was also constantly moving furniture around. <laughs> so I think that's why I fell in love with feng, feng Shui, because my mother was already doing it. And I just naturally uh, resonated with the idea that creating space can make you happy and, and create uh, life. And it was so much fun uh, moving to places and meeting the locals and then showing them their own town. <laughs> Because you know how it is, well, especially us in Chicago, we have so much to do here that sometimes we don't get to do the things that, you know, we keep postponing it. I'll get to that someday. And then it takes a friend coming into town to show you around. Um, but I love doing that. We ended up having friends all over the place. And 
it was sometimes a great challenge. I mean, at one point we lived in half of a trailer. <laughs> Here's a sexy address for you. Lot 48A, Drive-In Trailer Park, Groton, Connecticut. Oh Don't my. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we, when we moved in, someone had uh, thrown a, a Coke bottle on the toilet. So we had to go to the gas station across the street. This was during the Navy days until they fixed the toilet. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, your frame of mind, the words you say out loud are the ones that are going to create your reality. And if you groan and moan and have angst about moving, guess what? You're going to have angst about moving and you're not going to enjoy it. But I just made up my mind I was going to enjoy the whole process. Mm, good for you. Uh, you. Where Where were some of the places that you lived? We lived in Washington, D.C. My husband went to diving school there. And then we moved up to New London, Connecticut. And from New London, we went to Boston for a little while. And then after Boston, we moved back to New London, but we were on the other side of the river. So we were in Groton, Connecticut, where the submarine base was. And those were the four um, trips for the Navy. And then when he got out of the Navy, we decided to go back to college. But we spent a little while in Chicago before we um, went to Iowa City and lived in Iowa City, Iowa for 10 years. And both got, he got two degrees. Uh, we both got two degrees while we were there. And then he got a job for... Um, Eastman Kodak. So we lived in Rochester, New York, which um, is a really interesting city. And I thought that's where I would, you know, croak. <laughs> but I, <laughs> my daughter um, had come home from college and um, was working in Rochester and she got downsized from her job. So she and her boyfriend went off to Puerto Rico. And that's when I got the crave and the urge to come home to Chicago. And um, that was 11 years ago. So mm -hmm. it's pretty awesome. To be home. Yes, yes, for yep. sure. <laughs> That's great. And and um, so, I mean, you've had a couple of very interesting careers, and I am sure that our listeners are just hanging on the edge of their chairs <laughs> to find out what Athena's Home Novelties was all about. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to give you a tiny backstory on that. Um, I think you mentioned feng shui in my intro, and I've been in love with that concept since the 90s. And the whole idea of creating an environment to rise up to meet you, to nourish you, to help you become who you really are has been just a love of mine, um, even in childhood when we were move, moving and changing things around. So it was around my somewhere between, I think I was about 55 years old. And my daughter came over and said, Mom, um, I'm going to go to a sex toy party tonight. Do you want to go? And I thought, sure. You know, I'm, I'm always saying yes to things. And I went with her. It was a blast. But they were all young girls in their 20s and very giggly. And everybody was, you know, having a hoot of a good time. And I looked at all these women and I thought, good Lord, who needs this even more than you 20 somethings? It's the 50 somethings. <laughs> and I thought, shoot, I could do this better because they were, it was, it was very cute, but they were young girls. And I thought this is what women really need at this time of life. Cause by that time I'd been divorced for a while and 
Um, so I, I, my daughter bought me a toy for my birthday. <laughs> and, um, and I thought, how did I not know about this? I really didn't know anything about it. It was completely foreign to me. <laughs> and I was so intrigued. So I did some checking around, and there are many companies that do this, uh, interestingly. It's kind of like Tupperware, only much better. Mm -hmm. And I found Athena's Home Novelties, which is a very classy company. And I had to take um, several hours of training in order to be what they call goddess. The goddess is the one. And they were home parties. So it was like Tupperware, but so much better. And I started doing that in Rochester, where I lived. And the response was incredible because most women are so ashamed or so embarrassed or so unknowing, unknowledgeable about this part of life. And the thing that really inspired me was um, listening to Dr. Christiane Northrup, who is a very famous female um, obstetrician gynecologist, and she's written at length about self-pleasuring and how the hormones are released and how the immune system is built and how you get relaxation. And I thought, good Lord, we need orgasms, ladies. And so it's been a mission of mine. Um, I stopped doing the home parties when I came back to Chicago because I was getting calls. You know how big Chicago is. And somebody would call me in, up in Glen Ellen. And I'm like, mm. I just I didn't have a car anymore. And taking a cab out there, it just wasn't fun for me anymore. So I stopped doing it. But my new courses that I'm teaching now are focusing on women their environment, their love for themselves, love for their bodies, and creating a space that's going to fully rejuvenate them. And if you're working on your bedroom, which is the first room I work on when I'm doing feng shui, or what I like to call it is creating space, is why not have um, some of those goodies in there for you? And the thing that's nice about Athena's Home Novelties is you don't have to go to a party. You can just order online. They have a beautiful website. The woman who invented it is a mother with young children, and she's created a beautiful catalog. So I encourage you, ladies, go for it. You'll never know unless you try. So that's been a part of my um, education process. Um, yes. So Lynn, could you say more about um, being a single woman who's yeah, over 55? I sure could. And your experience with yeah, you know, I mean, helping women uh, it's such a uh, with their yes. embrace their self Well, it's such a common thing. And whether you have a partner or not, um, what I learned in this intensive training that I did is only 30% of women ever achieve, ever achieve orgasm with a man. Nobody knew that. I didn't know that. I thought something wrong with me. So it, having toys, even if you're with someone, um, is a great idea. And I can vouch for that because I have a partner now and we have a lot of fun. But being single, um, sometimes that's really cut off. And often while you're married, it's cut off. And it's such an essential part of well-being. I mean, we were built for that. So I highly applaud anyone that's courageous enough to pursue it. But Christian, Dr. Christian Northrup is a very fantastic source for the exact information of what happens in the body when um, you have an orgasm and how it opens up creativity. And she says, and I've heard this other places, that this, this part of the body, um, when it's shut down, that's where we start to see cancers happen, you know, ovarian cancer, um, 
all of these things because of the stagnation of the chi or the life force there. So of course it's going to help anything um, in that area. Plus it's the creativity part of our bodies. So being um, expressing yourself creatively is very useful when you've had these experiences. So I'm a big fan and I kind of look at the home um, I'm a big, big fan of theater, of live theater, and I volunteer in Chicago and Usher, and one of my favorite things about live theater is going in to see the set just before the show begins, especially in the theaters that have the set available for you to see before the show starts. And then I got to thinking, as we create our lives, isn't our home the set? It's the set for our life. It's the stage. And many times we get to this point in our life when we're clogged with a lot of other people's belongings, other people's objects, other people's things that they don't really know what to do with, or they're afraid to get rid of them, or they feel guilty, or they just don't have the energy or the time. And so the set for their life is loaded with like living with all these other people. So my mission has been over the last uh, many years to create that idea of your home is your template for change and it's your template for life and it's your template for creativity. So decluttering, and I think you were maybe gonna ask me about my decluttering classes, but that, that is the key to joy and happiness. Um, I believe that in the core of my soul is that when you're being held hostage by your stuff that your life slows down and gets very heavy and stressful and depressing. Mm -hmm. So That's I help women uh, create space and we begin with understanding why we clutter, what the reasons are, how it shows up in our DNA, how it um, is childhood programming and when you can be empowered by your space, that's the ripple effect that carries out into your whole life. And right now when we're asking, what can I do to help the world? And we want to go out and do something amazing. But what I tell women is look to your home. There's an, uh, an ancient saying that's been attributed to so many different people, Chinese philosophers, Chief Seattle, and it's, um, of course, did I write it down? It's when there's harmony in, ho in the home, there's um, peace. There's, when there's order in the home, there's harmony on the planet. When there's harmony on the planet, there's peace on the world, in the world. And you can look it up. There are many different versions of that. But I believe that to my core is that if your home is in order and when you go home, you feel um, nurtured, cared for, delicious, unstressed, that is the secret to happiness and joy. And just because you're cleaning out your closet doesn't mean it's just you and your little closet. It means the ripple effect goes out to everyone around you because you become a different person when you move freely in your home and when you are creating a space of great joy. The vi your vibration raises, rises, raises. And when you have a higher vibration, what happens? You attract high vibration. So, so Lynn, I imagine... I imagine that you are very much a, 
um, uh, uh, with the trend on minimalism. And I don't really like that word. Homes. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the word minimalism because I think it's loaded with um, preconceived notion that you have to get rid of everything you love and just have a bowl and a spoon. Um, <laughs> no, I don't believe that is the best word. What I do believe is that we have acquired so many things that um, are no longer really of value to us and don't contribute to our lives. So those are the things that we can start to understand are perhaps best um, on their way someplace else. And there's a wonderful book. Um, Lynn Twist wrote a book called The Soul of Money. And one of the things that she talks about in that book is how we end up with so much stuff. And she said, we have been taught three life sentences since we were very small. And the first one is more is better. And that's something you're taught from early childhood. It's a childhood program. The second life sentence is there's not enough to go around. And think about one of the first games you ever played was probably musical chairs at a birthday party. <laughs> what does that teach you? There's not enough to go around. I can remember to this day being so disappointed. I didn't win because I wasn't aggressive enough to get a chair. And back in the 50s, as you ladies know, no one went home with loot like the kids do now. You, you either won a prize at Pin the Tail on the Donkey or Musical Chairs or you were done. And um, I remember that so distinctly, going home um, and that there's not enough to go around. And boy, did we see that with when the pandemic broke, right? There's not enough to go around. Everybody went bonkers with their uh, you know, grocery shopping and toilet paper and all that. And then the third life sentence is, well, that's just the way it is. So it's a fascinating outlook on how we end up with so much stuff is that old childhood programming of not having enough uh, to go around. So it's mm. a, it's just a new way of thinking. And uh, when I do my four week classes, we go through a lot of, um, old issues that start to come up and just, you know, how much do we really need? Especially when you get, oops, when you get to a certain point in life, you have to start thinking about, well, who's going to deal with all this after I'm gone? And it's not a legacy any of us want to leave for our children or relatives is to deal with old yearbooks and old textbooks and VCR tapes and heaven only knows what else. So, over all my moves, as I downsized from smaller to smaller to smaller, I now live in a 700-square-foot studio, which is my most heavenly place. I, I've had big houses, four bedrooms, three bathrooms, and now I have a little space that overlooks Lake Michigan. I, it takes me half an hour to clean. <laughs> I have four bowls, four plates, four cups, four forks, that kind of thing. And everything else, I, I left it behind in Rochester when I moved to Chicago. I really, I came to Chicago with a 10-year-old truck, a 15-year-old cat, two boxes and two suitcases, my walk. And um, there was one other thing. Oh, well, the cat's litter box and everything. And I haven't looked back. I haven't missed a darn thing. It's all gone to somebody who loves it. <laughs> 
So, that, so people who are in their homes and have been there for 50 years and are now thinking about, well, maybe it's time to move to a, a retirement facility or a senior living space and all, how, how do you help them deal with those memories that they are leaving behind? Well, it's not going to happen overnight. It's a process. And for me, it was over many years of moving and getting smaller and smaller. But I do work with many people in that situation. And a lot of them take my class. And so we work through this uh, bit by bit. And what I encourage them to do is leave the judgment. Don't judge themselves for having a hard time with this because this is a lifetime. My boyfriend um, right now sold a house of 25 years just last year. His wife died a few years back, and he's still a year later going through bins of stuff that he threw together when he sold the house to go through later. And it's a process. There are days when he can go through and get a lot done, and there are other days he gets caught up in the memories, and it's just way difficult. So the gentle part of it is very important. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to achieve all this immediately because look how long it took to acquire and build up all of that. But if you start using positive language, and I think people underestimate how powerful our voices are and how much we can create by talking about things out loud. And you laugh because, well, people laugh because, oh, there she goes talking to herself, but I do. <laughs> and I address myself and it's like, Lynn, you are adorable. What are you going to do with all your high school and junior high school yearbooks? I mean, really, girl. <laughs> and I, I'm actually down to just my senior high school uh, yearbook. I just realized that anybody who wanted to look through them has had their chance to do it. And if they really want them, and my daughter certainly doesn't, uh, it's, it's fine. It's, it's okay to let them go. I think we're so embedded in material items. And yes, they do carry a lot of memories. That's not to minimize that at all. But there, you can start with your bedroom. That's the room I think we initially started talking about, of creating this beautiful set that you can step into, just like the um, lead actress in a play. So you step into your bedroom in the evening and you look around you and what do you have in there that's going to support this beautiful story that you're in now in your life? And I have had so many interesting um, clients who have weird things in their bedrooms. <laughs> and not weird, weird, not as weird as the toys in the drawer, but weird like Aunt, Aunt Susie's sewing machine at the foot of the bed and they never did like Aunt Susie, but they're too afraid to get rid of it. I don't know why, because maybe Aunt Susie will, you know, haunt them for the rest of their life. I don't know. But here's this woman, real estate agent, who wanted to sell her house and her her the sewing machine was obstructing her movement through her bedroom. So anytime you do that, you're obstructing how smoothly your life is going. We, got, we talked about it, you know, it wasn't going to happen the next day, but she finally recognized, I look at that every morning, I think of this aunt who always criticized me, and here it is the first thing I see when I wake up in the morning. I'm like, okay, so think about this actress, this goddess actress going into her boudoir and seeing something that shouldn't be there. 
So it's like, it's like an imposition. It's like an intrusion. And is that something you want to see every morning? Also think about this goddess actress star of the play going in to do her scene and um, only the props she needs for that scene should be there. Can you imagine an actor going on stage to do a play and they go to reach a very important prop and it's not there? Or worse yet, something has covered it up or it's been moved or lost or broken or he can't find it, she can't find it. That doesn't make for a very good performance. So we want to look at these rooms as this potential for creating this juicy, luscious, potent life by having what we need that's going to be a reflection of who we are and who we want to become. And that's a really interesting approach to looking at, oh yeah, I've got this needlepoint that some aunt of mine made that I really hate. <laughs> it's on the wall and I look at it all the time. Or almost anything you can describe that isn't really the authentic you. Would you have gone out and paid good money for that? Probably not. Is it a gift? Probably yes, which is a lot of things. We, a lot of the things we end up with are gifts from others and there's that guilt oh how could i possibly get rid of this of course she's been dead 20 years but <laughs> it's okay it's all right to let it go and to be kind to yourself and say girl what do you want is this what you want and i always say start with the bedroom that's where we spend the most amount of time it's intimate place if you share it with someone you can at least work on your objects the clothing that doesn't fit the um pictures on the wall that don't resonate with you anymore, any old appliances like uh, old computers, all those things don't belong in your most intimate, glorious, gorgeous space. So <laughs> little great. starts like that. Yeah, that, that's really great. Yeah, so, um, and it sounds to me as though this is a prescription for living life as you age in the most positive, powerful way. Well, thank you. I think that's what I'm aiming for. And if I can help my sisters in their 70s, 80s and up, I'm so happy to do it. And I do see people one-on-one, -on -one, but lately I'm doing a lot of classes where there are groups of people and there's such a nice energy of um, people sharing their um, ideas and their, their challenges because you know what? It's pretty rampant. <laughs> that, that we want if we want to uh, send people to find you, how, how, where would they go? I have uh, two places. One is called Love Your Space, Love Your Life, Love Yourself. And that's on Facebook. And sometimes you have to put in also Lynn Williams' personal space visionary because it doesn't always come up. I don't know why that is yet. And I have another, a little more lighthearted class called Color Me Clutter Fairy, Color Me Clutter Free. And that's a lot to say, but I use this goofy little Clutter Fairy cartoon. And that one's appropriate for men and women. And I've had couples sign up for that. I'll be posting new classes probably in the next week or two that'll be beginning in September. Mm -hmm. So that would be um, a good place to find me. Yes.
So I assume you're doing the, these classes yes, virtually? Yes, right now I am. I will definitely be looking to doing live classes again when the time is right. But the last class I had someone from mm -hmm. California, someone from Florida, someone from Wisconsin, and someone from New York. So, and Chicago. So mm, that's kind nice. of fun too, is to have other parts of the country and people are very eager to kind of commiserate and say, oh yeah, that's me. I've got uh, a thousand books and I don't know what to do and that kind of thing. <laughs> oh yes, that would be me. Mm. The joy of living simply is indescribable. At least that's my point of view. Because everything that comes in your door, you have to take care of in some fashion. And I just got to the point in my life, I don't want to take care of anything. I have two plants. I used to be the pet queen. I always had numerous dogs and cats. I used to foster greyhounds. I used to, you know, rescue X racers, had cats. And it was wonderful. It was great. And now I don't want to take care of anything. I just want to have this beautiful little space that I hang out mm -hmm. in and then I go out and do my, my fun things. Mm -hmm. Well, this was a great conversation, Lynn. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. so much. You've uh, certainly given us joy this morning to think about yes. all the, all the yes. things. I feel like you're speaking directly <laughs> to me, Lynn. And you know, you're not alone. That's what's so amazing. We've all, I've been there. The one moving man told me, lady, I've never met anybody with so many dishes. I was, and I was 30 years old, but I had taken, you know, grandparents to China and, oh my gosh, and we moved it around and it was exhausting. Yeah. So I don't have any of that. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you, Lynn, so much for joining us today. And listeners, we want to hear from you. Please share your thoughts in our Facebook group at Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Become an active participant in our community and join us at our Zoom events. See you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myths that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at womenover70.com.